there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James, and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. An applicator is a device used for inserting something. In our case, it would be inserting the work ideas internally. Now, if you take like a hypodermic needle, they inject people with things. You take that needle and you stick it into a person's flesh, into their muscle or intravenously. They do it one of two ways, basically, either intermuscular or intravenously. Is that right, nurses? Yeah. There might be other ways, too. I guess you can just shoot them in the fat, but... <laughs> But you know, but I think, but I think where they want to have it is either intravenously or intermuscularly. Yeah, works faster. But which is the purpose of an injection rather than a, an oral dose or whatever is so that it works faster. So that's kind of like an applicator. It's a device that is used to insert something into something else. Well, unfortunately for us, this work has to be inserted into us, and. It's not always pleasant. Some people have this huge fear of needles. You know, it's like, no, just anything, but don't give me a shot. And some people don't have a problem with it. Some people, they go to take blood and they're fine as long as they look away. But if they look, it's like, no, they don't want to look. You'll see grown men just, bam, pass out because they see the needle. And they're fine if they see the needle, you know, the needle. They see the needle go in somebody else. They see the needle go in themselves, but boom, they're gone. And it doesn't mean anything other than, you know, it doesn't mean they're sissies. It doesn't mean anything other than that's just the way it is for some people. Of course, we have all kinds of judgments about it, but it's just the way it is for some people. It doesn't mean anything. But our pride and our vanity get in the way and, you know, we get our, oh, I'm a man and I can't be like that. Sure you can. It's okay. Go ahead and be like that. There's not a crime. It's not a sin. It's all right. Yes, but everybody else says, well, okay, fine. You want to listen to everybody else, you're in deep doo-doo anyway. So you may as well just chalk yourself up to gone. You know, just put yourself in the gone bin because you're gone now. If you're going to believe what other people say about you, you're gone. On the other hand, we want to, we want to go the opposite of that and believe what nobody says about us. If they don't say something we like, then we don't want to believe anything they say. You're gone. You, you find yourself in the gone bin again. We go wrong looking for an applicator in the form of a book, a group a class, workshop, seminar, or a teacher. It's natural, but natural is also mechanical and unconscious to us. Under 48 orders of laws, natural is unconscious and mechanical. If it comes to you naturally, you have acquired it, because well, what we call natural is acquired, because our feeling of I is in the wrong thing. It is not in anything that's real about us. It's in this other something that has coded what's real about us. Our feeling of I is in that. It's on the circumference of who we are. It's not in the middle of who we are. This work has to be inserted into that so that it can start to deal with that. With what? What are we talking about specifically? The acquired self, the false personality. This work has to deal with that. That's what this work has to deal with, which means that's what you have to deal with. We don't want to deal with that. We want to just push that away, have that stripped away, and then get right to business. I don't blame us. Do you? <laughs> I don't blame us. Give me the short 
version. You know, it's like, okay, well, everybody's got to die. Well, fine. Anybody have a problem with dying? You do? Okay, you do? Oh, I guess maybe people have a problem with dying. Me, I love the idea of dying. I think, yeah, do it now. Exactly. Get it over with. No, it's not. See, that's not. See, you're not. You don't, I don't have. You don't have a fear of dying. You have a fear of suffering. And that's fear of dying is not anywhere near as powerful as the fear of how you die. How many of you want to die in your sleep someday? Someday, not today. Okay, not tonight. Yeah, when it's time, like when you've absolutely decided. Okay. I'm done. Tonight, tonight won't be just any night. You know, I'm going to go to sleep and never wake up. Now, that's great, but you know, we don't get to do that, do we? But we think we do. So I talk to people all day long who think that they get to decide something, and I just think they, they think they have choice. You know, it's like, what about free will? What about it? You know, what about it? Well, I read the book. It says we have free will. Okay. Well, then take it up with the book and stay out of my face about it. Because I say you don't have free will. I say you have potential free will, but you are not that now. You do not, you're nowhere near that now. You can potentially be this transformed higher being with free will, but that's not what you are now. And if you think you are... I don't want to spoil your illusion. I don't want to spoil your little birthday party. I don't want to spoil your your dream. You know, go ahead, sleep on. I did not ask you to come here. I did not go and pound on your door and say, "Here, come here, you need to hear this." You came to me. Try and remember that. Try and remember you came to me asking for something. I didn't come to you asking for anything. I did not seek you out. You sought me out. Now, I know that over the years you have said, what the hell did I ever do that for? <laughs> I've asked myself the same thing. Why did you do that? Well, I felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and then something else comes in and says, that's not right. When does it say that? When it doesn't feel good. Try and get a grip. <laughs> I mean, try and get a grip, people, on yourself. This is your job. This It's your job to get a grip on yourself. It's not my job to give you a grip on yourself. It's not my job to do this for you. It's your job to get a grip on yourself. You came to me for answers. I've given you the answers. Now apply them. So we go, long, we go wrong looking for an applicator in the form of whatever. And often that's a teacher. And unfortunately, I got saddled with that job. It's natural. But like I said, Natural is mechanical and unconsciousness. Mechanical unconsciousness means no inner development. It's not possible to develop mechanically. It's not possible to develop unconsciously. It is not possible. What then is the device that we seek for inserting the work internally? The answer to that is tag, you're it. You are the device. It's up to you to apply the ideas to yourself inside yourself. It's up to you. No one can or will do it for you. No one. Because you're a self-developing organism. This application of these work ideas internally to ourselves, we do not do naturally. It takes so long for us to realize these ideas must be applied to ourselves that it staggers us. 
It's like, it can't take that long. But it does. It really does. Look at how long you've been at this. There are people who've been at this four times longer than you and haven't even made it as far as you have because they're not applying the ideas to themselves. You can do that too. You can end up four times further down the road and still be in the same place. That is possible. Time can pass without you ever applying these ideas to yourself. And the proof of that is time has passed without you applying these ideas to yourself. The work first rests in external formatory memory. So it's got to land somewhere. Sower goes out to sow, throws the seed, he walks on. Some of it falls here, some of it falls there, some of it falls somewhere else. Where it falls, if it falls anywhere in us, is first in external formatory memory. This is where it resides in the majority of people in the work. It stays right there. It never filters in any deeper. It never gets stepped on by a passing cow or person and pushed in deeper. Why? Because it hurts to have it pushed in deeper. And we're protecting ourselves from having it pushed in deeper. It's comfortable just residing in formatory external memory. It's comfortable there. It does, it's not prickly there. Not, it's not so bad. We can tolerate that. This is why there's so much arguing, negativity, stagnation, and lack of life and power in the work worldwide. Now, I realize that this is an annoying thing that I have to say. I realize that there are a lot of people who will object to this. We have objections. In fact, we're objectionable. We, we have the ability, able, we are able to object, and we exercise that ability with impunity. And what we need to be doing is putting that on hold, practicing inner stop. Do we? No. Because we have the right to object, we do. Because we have the right to be negative, we do. Forgetting that we have the right not to be negative. Forgetting that we have the right to practice inner stop. Why? We love our negative emotions. Just that simple. People are hungry, but the work has become wonder bread. I really don't like to have to say this, but it is just this pasty, white, fluffy, gooey crap that is almost worthless. It almost, it lacks almost all nutritional value, but damn, it looks good. And boy, it tastes good. It just doesn't do anything. And there's a reason for that. It doesn't do anything because it is not being taken in internally. This makes us good at talking about the work. But knowledge of the work isn't enough. It must be willed to be an effective tool for transformation. It must be willed. This leaves us at a tremendous disadvantage because we don't have will. What we have is many different wills, but we don't know that. We think we're one. We think we have will. We think we can do. So the work comes along and says, okay, well, try that out. Run that around the track a few times. Let me know how that works for you. And in imagination, it works great. But it doesn't work so great in the reality of this work if you're applying it to yourself. You find that you have no will and you can't do, and you're not one. Knowledge is not understanding. We confuse those two all the time. We are confused about that. We believe that if we know something, we understand it. This is not true. We believe that if we can say something and it's cogent and another person can say, oh yeah, that's right, I get that, that we understand and that they understand. This is the confusion of tongues.
We don't. This is what the work says. This is not what I say. You do not need to be upset with me. All I'm doing is reading the paper to you. That's all I'm doing. I'm just reporting. We can know the work and not understand it. This is recognized in many places. You look at other people and you recognize they know the work, but they don't understand it, don't you? The only place it's not recognized is in ourselves. We never recognize it there. And if we do, we quickly cover it up. We quickly forget it. Why? Painful. Doesn't fit our pictures. Got to get rid of that. There are thousands of work parrots living on Wonder Bread who know what's said about self-remembering. They know what's said and taught about identifying. They know exactly what internal considering is. They know how to define self-observation, negative emotions. They can pass it along, making more empty parrots who can't fly. If you're not flying with this work, you're not doing this work. This work is to get you to fly, to lift you above where you are, where it finds you. If you are not rising in consciousness, in level of being, you're not working. Your work is something else. The rich meaning that comes from understanding the work won't be revealed until it's applied to yourself. There is a rich meaning that comes from understanding this work. There really is. Someone who doesn't understand the work will run out of words because they've heard all the words and they parrot them. Someone who understands this work will never run out of words. They will never run out of examples. Ever. It's impossible. Because they understand. And because understanding brings rich meaning of this work. Don't expect the work to grow in you if you don't apply it to your being. So I have a question for you. What is your being? If you're going to be sincere, if you're going to be genuine, you're going to have to say, I don't know. Aren't you? you mean, genuinely, you have to say, I don't know. I don't know what my being is. If I ask you, Lori, what's your being? Got any other questions? Um, we'll guess. Well, is it like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. It would just, it's better just to give up. I don't know. You must observe yourself properly according to esoteric ideas before you will know upon what you need to work on in yourself. In other words, you won't know your being until you start to observe it. That's all. But you can't just observe it. You have to observe it according to the directions that you're given. You can't just observe it the way you want to. And this is very difficult for us because we're so darn proud. We're so arrogant. We think so much of ourselves. We think we're so smart, so superior. And we're just so sure of it because our judgments and our separateness from other people has made us these self-righteous judges who can look at others and laugh at them and laugh them to scorn and diminish them and and brush them away lightly as if they weren't real human beings, as if they weren't a real part of us. We do it every day. We do it with each other every day. You must observe yourself properly before you'll know what you need to work on in yourself. You've got to be able to see your being in order to work on it. You're not going to see your being unless you start to observe it. You're not going to observe it unless you're taught how to observe it, unless you follow the guidelines.
We take any idea that sounds good and imagine we'll work on that. You've got to know this is true. You've got to know you get a good idea. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to work on that. You done that? It's like, who is directing your work then? You are. You're directing your work. This thing that you think you are is directing your work. Which, it doesn't want you to wake up. It's going to misdirect you. You've got to see that. You've got to get this. It is not, it is not in your, it's not doing any favors for you. <laughs> Yet we remain mostly the same, but now even more dim because we're imagining. So yeah, 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 yeah. We take an idea. It sounds good. I'm going to work on that. And then we imagine that we're working on it. And then pretty much we just remain the same. And the only difference is we're just a little more dim now because now we're also imagining that we're doing something that we're not doing. So now we imagine even more that we have something that we don't have. Well, how I got it now. We see there are things wrong in us and we call that working. Isn't this, isn't this the truth? I mean, I, I listen to this all the time. Well, I can see that. I know my, I know my shortcomings very well. And we call that working. I am working. I can see my shortcomings. That's not working. Well, then what is working? See, you get mad at me. Well, if that's not working, then what is working? Whoa, back off, you know. It's not up to me to tell you what working is. It's up to you to find out by working. Notice how the responsibility always slowly shifts to someone out there. It's like, well, it's your fault if I'm not working. That's where it ends up, doesn't it? Well, it's your fault. You haven't explained it properly. You haven't given me the... Well, well, remember the one guy? He left because I didn't give him enough tasks. You remember that one? I'm going to go to a group where they give me tasks. That lasted a long time. (laughs) You know, now his task is surfing. And the group, well, it's a surfing group now. You know, the fourth way? Yes, we're the fourth way surfers. We surf the fourth way. We never get into it. We just stay on top of it here on the surface. Right. Where it's thrilling and good and wonderful and we have the sun and the breeze in our face and we like it and it feels good and there are no hammer blows. Yep. That's the work. And like I said, thousands of work parrots living on Wonder Bread. So, yep, we see there are things wrong with us. It's not just knowledge of what is wrong, though. That's the problem. It's the application of that knowledge to ourselves daily in the hard things. What are the hard things? Well, the things we're avoiding. What are we doing? We're choosing the things that we want to work on. We're choosing the things that seem right to us. I'll guarantee you, that's not the way. We must have a taste of what it means to work on ourselves in the work sense, not according to our slipshod, willy-nilly manner that comes so easily. That slipshod, willy-nilly manner that comes so easily is based in pride and vanity. We think we can do. We think we know. We think we have will. We think we're one. It makes us idiots. We aim at working on ourselves, but it goes wrong because our aim is based on ideas we've heard rather than direct and proper self-observation. This is what is killing the work in our world today. Look, I've been in a lot of places in the world where there are people working now, and I'm going to more. And what I'm finding is they're not doing it. 
And there's a reason for that. And that's the reason. They're listening to what other people have said, things that they've heard, rather than direct and proper self-observation. It's self-observation that tailors the work to your being and gives you direction on how to work, what you need, what the work is after with you now. It's not a matter of what the work is after in general. This must be tailored specifically to your being. There is only one way for that to happen. You must allow the work to direct you. You cannot direct the work. You don't get to decide where to work. Without this daily step, you cannot internally see where you were lacking, your current state of being. If I ask you what your being is and you don't even know the answer to that, then how are you going to tell me what your current state of being is? You can't. This is an indication of not working properly. I know that you put in a lot of effort. God, I know that. And I really do feel for you. I have tremendous amount of compassion for all of the thrashing about that you do and all the massaging of your ego that you do and call it work. I do. I see this. It, I could cry. In fact, there are times I do. I just cry for you and for me, for all of us. This is the trap we're stuck in. But there is a way out. But it's strong medicine, people. It's strong medicine. And you're pretty fat and comfortable. And strong medicine is just not on your menu. I mean, let's face it. Give me a spoonful of sugar with that. Okay, well, give me a couple spoonfuls of sugar and a little less medicine until it's finally all sugar and there's no medicine at all. That's what pulling away is. That's what this distance in the group is. You don't want to be around these people. You've rejected each other. You don't want to admit it. Or maybe you do admit it and you're, and you're justified in it. That's right, I have. Because they're all jerks. Or because they rejected me. Or because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care your reason. It doesn't matter to me at all. I'm just pointing out the obvious. It's stifling, hindering, crippling your work. That's all. Do whatever you want with it. It's not my business. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm not asking you to change anything. I'm telling you the way it is according to what I understand this work teaches. If you don't like that, perhaps you should be in the surfing group where you can find something you like, something that feels better, where you can have the wind in your face and the sun on your, you know, the wind in your hair and the sun on your face, you know, and ride the crest and always be on top of things, you know, and have other people take pictures of you and go, wow, look at that guy surf. Man, he really knows the work. Do that then. It's okay with me. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You'll have knowledge of the work, but ignorance of your being. See, without this daily step, you cannot internally see where you're lacking. You can't see your current state of being. You're just going to have the knowledge of the work, but you're not going to have any knowledge of your being. You'll be ignorant of your being. If you have no connection between your being and your knowledge, you're not going to have any understanding. Take knowledge, apply it to your being, equals understanding. No connection between knowledge and your being, no understanding. So what do you have instead? Wonder bread! That's what you have instead. 
empty calories that look good. Nice packaging. Nice white fluffy bread. If you want to call it bread. You know, I don't mean to be bagging on Wonder Bread or anybody eats it. This is just an example, okay? So you Wonder Bread hogs out there, you know, it's like eat whatever you want to eat. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. That's not my mission in life. You know, I'm not here as your dietitian. Yeah, unfortunately, I do know some things that you could do to change your diet to support your work. But you don't want that. You want to be comfortable and happy and you want to have what you want. And you want to lie about it, which is okay, too. You don't need to lie to me about it. I know that very well about myself, so I know that very well about you. Not only that, but just because I'm wearing these glasses doesn't mean I'm blind. Actually, they help me to see things when I look closer. I have great vision when it comes to out there. I can see what's happening out there. It's that when I get close to things, my eyes don't focus like they used to focus. New meaning will not be available to you. No transformation will be possible to you if you cannot connect this knowledge of this work to your being to see where you have to work, where you have to work, not where everybody else has to work. We know where everybody else has to work. <laughs> we even know where we have to work. It's just that it's ineffective. And the reason it's ineffective is because the false personality is directing our work. Our comfort is directing our work. Our intellect is directing our work, not the work directing our work. The work must direct our work. If we spend as much time sincerely observing ourselves as we do defending ourselves, we would already be in a better state. You took the amount of force, the amount of time and energy that you spend defending yourself against me, objecting to me, you would already be, and, and you use that on self-observation, you would already be in a better state. Ayurveda has helped me to see myself in a new way. Doshas, mind and body types, relate us to our world. There are corresponding parts of the day that relate to each dosha. There's a kapha part of the day, there's a pitta part of the day, there's a vata part of the day. You need to know what you are and what part of the day is your strongest part and your weakest part so that you can function to the best of your ability during that time. Simple. Not easy to learn, not easy to apply, not easy to remember, but it's very simple. And we can all shake our heads and go, yeah, that makes sense. And that's as far as it goes with us, isn't it? We drop it right there. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I'll look into that someday. These are corresponding parts of the day that relate to each dosha. You'll find through proper self-observation that there are certain times of the day you begin to identify. There are certain times of the day you begin to get negative. There are certain times of the day you internally consider. There are times you are more susceptible to those things during a day than in other times during that day. Unless you observe them, they will recur and you won't see where you need to work. It's not enough to know they're there. It's not enough to have the knowledge about it. You must observe your being and find out how it applies to your being. That's what this work is. That's where understanding comes from. That's where new meaning comes from. Observe long enough and you'll foresee the future because we all know that history repeats itself. To be forewarned is to be forearmed against these moments in which you may apply the work to your behavior in inner state. So... You find that there are certain things, there are certain times of the day that you are going to be more negative or internal consider more or whatever. You see that. You observe that. You see, okay, this, this is a bad part of the day for me. So this part of the day, I really need to be on my toes. This is work. You can now apply the work to your behavior 
to your inner state. But only when you see it. Only when you can identify it yourself. It's not enough to have somebody else tell you, man, you're really not a good morning person, are you? Well, no, I'm not. I know that about myself. Yes, but do you know what it means? Have you observed it? No, I've acknowledged it. I've accepted it. Enough people have told me that, and I've seen a couple of things, and I know now. But have you looked at it? Have you observed it in detail? Have you cataloged it? Have you identified what it is, when it's going to work, what to do about it? Have you applied the work to it? Maybe you'll say yes. If you do, then maybe you do. I don't know that. That N fellow, Maurice Nicol, in Scotland, but Maurice Nicole in France, <laughs> said, One call on the work at such moments is worth far more than a whole day of vague, imaginary work on yourself. We have whole days of vague, imaginary work on ourselves. But what he's saying is one call on the work at such moments, one call on the work, where you realize you can't do and you call on the work to do it. You call on the work to help you. You cry out for help. Like Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking on the waves of the water. And then all of a sudden he looks and he sees the wind is high and the waves are big. And he, he fears that he starts to sink. Immediately he calls out, Help! Lord, help! And immediately the hand is stretched out and he's pulled back up and put in the boat. You have to cry out for the work. Proud people don't do that. The knowledge side of the work is overloaded these days. You know this about yourself. You know that you are too fat to fly. You are so stuffed with wonder bread that you can't get off the ground. You know you need to apply this. She's like, how? Where? This wonder bread is so cushy. <laughs> you know? I mean, think about it. You could, you could actually build like, you know, this cushion around you. of Just if you had enough wonder bread, get a couple truckloads of wonder bread and you just start building a little wonder bread house around you. A car. You got enough of it. A car could hit that and never get to you. This is how we are. We're very comfortable, very well buffered. We are very well buffered. We have used the work to buffer ourselves even more. That's the tragedy. And you know, it's not just us. It's not just this group. It's the people I'm seeing in the world. It's the work groups that I've come in contact with. They're well buffered. You know, they got all this knowledge, but it's not being applied to being. So they don't know how. We spend more time in our heads than is good for our work. When we spend all that time in our heads, I guarantee you we're being drained of force. We need to see our being to know where to work. First knowledge of the work, then apply it to your being's dosha, as it were. I'm making that up. Then understanding is created in you and unity of being begins. This work leads to unity of being. This work leads to unity of being, which is conscious love, which is understanding which is an increased awareness. You start to see the unity of being. When you start to actually experience the unity of being, you will be experiencing conscious love. You will not be able to hate. You will not be able to be violent like you are now. You won't be able to do that. You will not be able to murder in your heart. You will not be able to slaughter in your mind. You will not be the judge of the quick and the dead anymore. Now you are. Then you won't be. Morris Nicol, Maurice Nicole said, you must have enough self-observation to notice you are unmistakably negative in everything you say to me. I can't say anything to you of any use because you've not observed everything you say is negative. 
you must see that everything you say is negative. Until you see this in yourself, I cannot help you. I've made Nichols say that because you'll be upset if I say it to you. When you realize you're being negative to me while talking to me, your whole conversation will change, as will your state. The only person you have to work on is yourself. That can change your being. Otherwise, the work is a formatory collection of useless diagrams and facts that will burn your time and leave you dying like a dog. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.